0: This is Steve with Life Worth Living. So many times in my life I've wished and even asked God for a sign to reassure me that I'm headed in the right direction. Most of the time I haven't felt like I had much success in seeing the sign that I was looking for though. So you can imagine how shocked I was after all these years of being a Christian to find in Isaiah 7 that God wants to give us signs to positively reinforce our decisions or to warn us before we make a mistake. God told Isaiah to tell this evil King Ahaz to ask God for a sign, either in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. Now, if God is willing to to give a, a super evil person a sign, how much more does God want to give you daily signs to reassure you? I can't wait to share these amazing insights I'm learning of God's desire to give us signs. Many of you would like God to give you a sign sometimes. Yeah. Remember the Noah got the sign of the, uh, what do you call it? The rainbow. Hey, we need to take the rainbow back. All right. That was Noah's rainbow. That was God's rainbow. And uh, I love the rainbow. When I see the rainbow, I get happy because it reminds me of Jesus. I love the rainbow. Praise God. I'm not going to shy away from the rainbow. The rainbow is God's sign, signal to us. Praise God. Do you remember Gideon? Gideon asked for a sign. He put, we say this, this is a, this is a saying we say here, we put a fleece out. Well, that came from the story of Gideon where he had a fleece like a, a I don't know, a piece of material and he put it out and he said, God, if you're telling me to go attack the Midianites, And I can't remember which way it was. He said, let there be dew and let the fleece be wet and the ground dry. And God did that sign for him. And he said, ooh, he was so timid. He said, well, God, can you give me one more sign? He said, this time let the ground be wet and the fleece be dry. And God did that for him. And those weren't the only signs. If you read the story of Gideon, he met an angel. And the angel had a staff and he tapped the staff and I don't know, some food or something flared up, right? How would you like it if when you had a doubt, you could say, God, give me a sign. And then he gives you a sign, and then you know for sure that it's God that's been talking. How many would like that? We, I think we all want signs. Well, I think in the church, a lot of times we're taught, don't ask for signs, because what if God doesn't give it to you, and then you won't know what to do. So today, I want to reassure you that God wants to give you signs. But, you got to do it the right way, and it's got to be for the right reasons. But God wants to give you a sign, I think, every day of the week. He wants to give you a sign every day of the week. So let's read this, these couple of scriptures and talk about that, how to get a sign from God and also how not to get a sign from God. All right, we're going to look at it from both angles. Look at this in Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 17. It's, again, talking about this evil king. I won't go back into the details, this evil king named Ahaz. Uh, But it says, again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Aren't you glad that God speaks to evil people? He doesn't just speak to good people. He speaks to everybody, including evil people. He said, ask the Lord your God for a sign. What? God's telling this evil guy to ask him for a sign? whether in the deepest depths or the highest heights. But Ahaz, who came across as a religious good guy, said, I'm not going to ask. I won't put the Lord to the test. Well, Isaiah said, here now, you house of David, in other words, the house of Judah or the, 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 the country of Judah, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you, not, uh, will you try the patience of God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. How would you like that? You say, God asks you for a sign. You say, God says, hey, ask me for a sign. You say, I, I'm not going to do it. And God says, you know what? I'm going to give you a sign anyways. How would you like that? That'd inspire some confidence. So I'm going to give you a sign anyways. He says, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Now, if you've been in church any length of time, you hear that in the New Testament, speaking of Jesus being born of a virgin, but this is where it originated from, right here in this this set of scriptures. But it doesn't. It's weird because the prophecy doesn't stop there; it continues. He says, "He will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to reject wrong and choose the right." So all of a sudden, is it talking about Jesus or is it talking about something else? Well, let's read on. It says, for before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on the house of your father a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah. When the two kingdoms separated, he will bring the king of Assyria. All right? Interesting. We're going to look at this. And we're going to find out God wants you to ask for a sign. And he wants you to ask for a sign. I am starting to ask for a sign every morning of the week. God, give me a sign. I I don't want a horoscope sign. I don't want a little fortune cookie. I, I want a sign from God, either in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But God, give me a sign. And you know what? God wants to give it to you. He wants you to receive a sign of reassurance that you're heading the right direction, or if you're headed in the wrong direction, that he at least warns you so that you don't bang your head or stub your toe. Isaiah 8, the next chapter, verses 19 through 22. Now, here's how not to get a sign from God. Let's read this. When someone tells you to consult mediums or spiritists, you know what a medium or spiritist is? Somebody who reads tarot cards or reads your palm or reads tea leaves, I'll never forget. A long, long time ago, I went to um, New Orleans, and they have a little square down there, and they had all these cool little booths. It was nighttime. There's lights everywhere, and I walked in the into the square, and there's all these booths with people. I was like, well, I wonder what they're doing. I look over, and one dude's just freaking out. <laughs> He's like mumbling, and his eyes are rolling in the back of his head. And there's somebody sitting right there in front of him. I realize these are all fortune tellers. They're all in this. I mean, there's probably 20 of them. God says, don't do that. That's messing with fire. And it goes on here it says, who whisper, they mutter. Shouldn't people inquire of their God? Instead of a spiritist, instead of a Satanist, why, why would you do that? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? I'll never forget driving uh, with a coworker. We're in a, another city. We're in a taxi. And she started opening up to me, and she said, you know, my, uh, my dad died. It was her dad, mom or dad. Um, anyways, one of her parents had passed away, and she said, I have to talk to them. I have to talk to him. I said, what are you talking about? He's, he's gone. And she said, no, no, I'm, I'm talking to um, this lady who's helping me contact my, I think it was her mom, was contacting my mom. And I said, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. She can't talk to you. You know, a lot of people, we let, it, it's funny, we, we, we hear people who are lost a loved one and they say, oh, but they're with me. They see me. I feel them with me. And and I hate to say to you because they're comforted by that. It's not true. It's not true. Uh, When someone dies, they're gone. And your comfort should only come from God is with you. He's not only with you. He can be in you. He can be in your mind, in your heart. But your dead loved one is not in your heart. It's not in your mind. They're gone. And the Bible says if you're a Christian, to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. They're where they need to be, thank goodness. They're a lot happier there. So let's read on. He says, don't consult the dead on behalf of the living. Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. Do you know God puts up yield signs in your life? As you're going the wrong direction and pounding your way, he starts putting up yield signs. He said, whoa, whoa, slow down. You're about to hurt yourself. And finally puts a stop sign. When you hit God's stop sign, it hurts. It's painful. It can be life-altering. But he says you're, his testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, Isaiah says. In other words, if anybody is telling you otherwise, to go ahead and go to mediums, to the tarot card readers, to this, to that. He says, if anybody is speaking according to this word, they have no light of dawn. In other words, they're in a dark, dark place. Have you ever been in a dark, dark place? No hope, no light, no future. Suicidal thoughts, maybe. That's what what this is saying. You go down that path, you're going towards darkness. It says, distressed and hungry, this person, they'll be distressed and hungry. They will roam through the land. When they're famished, they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Most every atheist, it's not so much an atheist, they're angry at God. So they've decided to believe that God doesn't exist. But when you dig deep enough with an atheist, you're going to find they're angry at God. They will look towards the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. (laughs) Wow. That person is not going to get a sign from God. How to get a sign from God and how not to get a sign from God. One way, you ask God for a sign. In the highest heights and the deepest depths, on the other side, is you look for everywhere except for God. Your friends, entertainment, spiritists, you're not going to find a sign from God there. You'll be cast into utter darkness when you do that. All right, so let's look at this a little bit more closely. Going back to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 10, the Lord speaks to Ahaz, who, by the way, has two foreign kings coming to to take the city of Jerusalem. They're going to tear them apart. They're going to kill people. They're going to do terrible things. Ahaz is very, very concerned, so... The Lord sends Isaiah to him and says, ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. Let's look at this. What is the deepest depths? The deepest depths of your soul. God wants to give you a sign so deep inside of yourself that it's undeniable. No circumstance, nobody can talk you out of what God has told you or put in your heart to do. He wants to give you a sign in the deepest depths of your inner person. Maybe it's a promise that God has given you, and it's a sign. See, a promise from God is a sign, and it can't be stolen from you. It's in you, and it can't be taken out of you. It's got roots. It's gone deep deep, deep into you. The Bible says that the heart of a man or heart of a woman is deep waters (laughs) and only a wise man can pull out of those deep waters. Understanding your soul is deep and God in the deepest depths wants to put a sign into you. Now the highest heights All right, the highest heights is something that you can see with your physical ear, your physical ears, see with your physical eyes, hear with your physical ears, or experience with your life. What is that? A miracle. Have you ever been healed of something? Have you ever had a time when you didn't have money and God supplied anyways? Have you ever been lonely and God sent you a friend? It's the highest heights. It's visible. It's experienced. It's tangible. It can be touched. All right, so let's go back to the deepest depths. Look at this in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 21. The Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Samuel had a sign from God in his deepest depths all the time. He went to Shiloh. That was his church, man. That was his meeting place with God. And every time he went to Shiloh, God would give him a sign in the deepest depths. You meet with God, and inside of you, you have, the Bible talks about spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, And I used to to say, God, why can't you talk and I hear you with my ears? Why can't I be like the 12 disciples who saw Jesus, touched Jesus, heard Jesus, ate with Jesus? Why can't I be that way? And you know what I learned? I learned it's better to hear Jesus in your soul than it is with your ears. Because that's the deepest depths. When God speaks to your soul, it's better than hearing him any day of the week with your ears. In fact, Jesus said, you're blessed because I'm leaving because I'm going to send a comforter and you're going to enjoy the comforter more than you would have enjoyed me personally. Wow. God wants to give you something in your soul, a word, a promise. And every time you crack your Bible open up, you give God the opportunity to give you a sign in the deepest depths because the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and brings it to life. Have you ever read that? You read, read some of the Bible and it's like, I don't even know what it's talking about. And then you ponder it for a little bit and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gives you insight and those words pop out of the page, come alive to you, and they mean something to you. Every time you read the Bible, you give God the chance to do that, to give you a sign in the deepest depths All right, well, let's read on. Look, in in Romans 10, 17 is a scripture we quote all the time, speak all the time. It says, so faith comes from hearing. From hearing. What? Hearing with your ears? No, hearing with your soul, hearing with your heart. Have you ever been distressed, discouraged, and the Holy Spirit speaks to you, and all of a sudden faith just pops out of nowhere and you are strong, and you believe no circumstances changed, but you have faith. Well, that's a sign in the deepest depths, because faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the Word of God. The Word of God. Ephesians 1:18 speaks of the eyes of our heart. I didn't make this up. It's in the Bible. It says, I pray Paul prays for the Ephesian church or the church in Ephesus. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. You've got eyes, spiritual eyes, that many of us have shut right now. We've decided not to look with our spiritual eyes because we just want to see with our physical eyes We say, Jesus, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Well, that's no faith at all. Faith is when you start seeing things with your spiritual eyes. You watch for the Lord to do something powerful. You expect God to do something mighty. You've got your spiritual eyes wide open. And when you do that, I'll tell you what, you're going to have a sign in the deepest depths of your soul. He says, Enlighten, in order that you may have hope, Did you know you're never going to have hope until you start opening your spiritual eyes. You're going to be a hopeless person until you start looking for Jesus with your spiritual eyes. He says that you're going to see the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Here's one more. There's many, many signs that can happen in your deepest depths But here's the last one that I'll mention in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, anything, but in every situation. I love how the Bible is everything, all, never, always, big words, all-encompassing words. It says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and here's the sign in the deepest depths, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, doesn't make an ounce of sense, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A sign in the deepest depths is when the the peace of God sweeps over you and nothing has changed and you're just at peace. You're at peace. And I, I imagine... I would ask for a show of hands of anybody in this room that's experienced that. And I imagine that everyone has experienced the peace of God when it didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. All right. God's peace, a sign in the deepest depths. Now let's talk about signs in the highest heights. This is the one that we all get excited about because I want to see it. Now I, I know for sure it's God. So the first one is God's word. The sign in the deepest depths, the sign in the highest heights is God's works, his acts, his manifestation of his power. All right. Now, when when God has done something for you that's supernatural, that's miraculous, you never forget it. It's always in your memory. The Bible tells us to bring back out of our memory those events that God did something powerful for us memories that you'll never forget, but you've got to remind yourself of them. Say, God did this for me. God did that for me. There are signs in the highest heights. You know what? If he did it once, maybe he'll do it again. <laughs> no, no, you don't say that. You say, he's going to do it again. There's are sign in the highest heights, and I'm going to remind myself of them, and I'm going to say, God, if God can do it once, he can do it twice. He can do it a hundred times. I believe God. I believe God. Maybe he provided for you. Maybe he healed you. I'll never forget this man. Unbelievable, tragic story. I've told you about him before. Family left him. He was on dialysis. He was paralyzed, and he ne- needed right around ten $10,000 $10, to pay some bills. He was about to have all kinds of other problems. He didn't pay these bills. We prayed and God gave him (laughs) $10,000, a a sign in the highest heights. Never forget this kid in youth group, man. He was probably, I don't know, 18, 19 years old. His lungs were frozen from some kind of illness long before COVID hit. He said the doctor gave him 80 or 90% chance that he wouldn't be able to breathe and he was going to die pretty soon. You know what, he came back six weeks later and God had said, you know what, there's a 100% chance you're going to be healed because he was healed. Amen. A sign in the highest heights. Praise God. If Maybe he's rescued you or protected you. Have you ever lost a pet before and you're praying, God, help me to find my pet. He ran away. A sign in the highest heights. God cares about everything. Your keys, your wallet, your credit card, your money. He cares about everything. We had, just reminded me, our, our cousin was here in town, had their car stolen from them. And they had a foreign exchange student with them and <laughs> that wasn't a believer. And my, my cousin, was my wife's cousin, said, you know what, we're going to pray and God's going to give us that car back. And the student was like, whatever. They were from Spain. They didn't know, they didn't know Jesus. You know what? Two days later, they found the car, brought it. The police found the car, brought it back to him. And that student became a Christian as a result of the sign in the highest heights. Sign in the highest heights, man. Come on. God wants to show you great and mighty things that you don't know. Start believing God for signs in the highest heights. It might be to clear an obstacle out of your way or or to be blessed in a way you've never been blessed. Maybe you need to overcome a weakness that you never can overcome yourself. God comes by and he says, man, I'm going to help you with that weakness. He clears the obstacle out of the way and you're set free from your addiction or your your obsession or whatever it is. God wants to give you a sign in the highest heights. Not once, not twice, not twice. Every day of your life, he wants to give you a sign in the highest heights. Look at this. So, deepest depths, highest heights. God's word, God's works. The Bible says he wants you to soar like with wings as eagles. What is the air under your wings? God's word and God's works. Both of them. Because when God fulfills his promise, your faith goes through the ceiling. God did it. He said he was going to do it, and he did it. You soar like we, with wings as eagles. Look at some of these scriptures all out of the Amplified Version. John 9, verse 5, it says, As long as I'm in the world, Jesus is speaking, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world, giving guidance through my word and my works. See, he guides you through his word and his works. You might be going to this direction. God does a miracle over here. Guess what? I'm shifting and I'm going towards the miracle. (laughs) He guides me because I see him working over here. I'm going to where God is working. That's where I want to go. Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages of Galilee. What? Teaching. That's his word. He taught. They call him teacher. Teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. And what? Doing works as well. Healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness come tonight. You'll hear more about that. God's works, his word and his works reflecting his messiahship, his lordship, who he was, his identity. John 14, 10. Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? Jesus speaking once again. The words I say to you, I do not say on my own. Of my own initiative or authority, but the Father abiding continually in me does his works. Praise God. I'll tell you what, you start speaking the word of God, you're going to start seeing the works of God. Wow. Speak the word of God and you'll start seeing the works of God. Declare it. Announce it. That's what John the Baptist did. He said he prepared the way of the Lord by declaring the word of God. He, he prepared the way of God. So here's the biggest problem. We, you know, when God does something powerful, a lot of times we don't even recognize it. I used to think of that. I would pray. I'd be starting to get a cold or whatever, and I'm like, at work, I can't afford to miss work. And so I'd pray, God, touch this cold. And then the next morning I'd wake up and I'd be fine. I thought, was that God or was that my immune system? <laughs> I struggled for years. Like, I would pray and God would do it, but then I would be not, I'm not sure if that's really God. And, and so I'd be kind of back and forth. Well, now, you know what? Everything's God. Everything's God. You know, he gave me the immune system to get better. So if it was the immune system, it still was God either way. So he gets the glory over and over. Our biggest problem, God gives us signs in the highest heights and we don't recognize that it was God. We don't recognize or, or acknowledge that that was God and therefore we're without signs because he did it but we don't give him the credit and so we don't recognize that it was him and we think we don't have any signs from God. God's always given us signs. He's always given us signs. We've just got to recognize them. So let's look at Matthew. Matthew 13 verses 13 through 18. You know how many... How many people would love to get motivated once a week by just getting together and hearing an encouraging word? I mean, non-Christians, any, everybody wish they could do that. We as Christians are so blessed. Every week we get to get together and we hear something from the word of God and we get encouraged. Everybody in the world wishes they had that. Why don't we come to church and receive that ourselves? I know mean, we're blessed, but let's look at this. Matthew 13, verse 13 through 18. All right, so Jesus is speaking in parables, in other words, in stories. And then after telling these stories, Jesus says, though seeing, they do not see. That's in the highest heights. We see it, but we don't see it. We, we see the miracle, but we're like, was that you, God, or was that not you, God? He says, though hearing in their deepest depths but they don't hear or understand. They get signs in the heights and in the depths, but they don't see it. They don't understand it. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Isn't that interesting? Here's Jesus hundreds of years later, speaking of the very book that we're speaking about right now. But the book of Isaiah said, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. In other words, you see God do things, but you don't get it. You don't understand it. You don't interpret it right. You think maybe it wasn't God, and then you don't give him the credit for it, and then he doesn't do it again, and then you blame him for it. How tragic is that? For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their hearts, with their ears. They, they've closed their eyes. Be careful. Don't close the eyes of your soul to not see God, because if you close your eyes, guess what? You're not going to see anything. And that's a bummer. You, you want to see things. You want to see that it's God doing great and mighty things. All right, they've closed their eyes. They don't acknowledge him. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. I would do works. I would do works. But blessed are your eyes. Praise God. Everybody look at me because I'm talking to you. Blessed are your eyes because you are going to see. Blessed are your ears because you are going to hear. You're hearing right now. I can sense it. I can feel it. You're listening. You're watching. And God's going to start giving you signs all over the place. All over the place. So, seeing and perceiving. I want to go back to this. One night, I was driving. I think we only had two or three of our kids at that point. It was raining. I was on a freeway, it was raining. It was dark, and it was, it was foggy. And I could see. I just couldn't see very far. But I could see. And I, could, I was watching the line of the road trying to stay in the right lane. And all of a sudden, it looked to me like the lines went every which way. And I completely wigged out. I, I don't know which way I'm supposed to go. I mean, I could end up in a ditch or hitting another car or whatever. It scared the living daylights. I could see, but I couldn't perceive anything. And many of us as Christians are that way. We see only be maybe this far beyond our nose, but we don't perceive that it was God that did it, that God is working. He's in full control of our lives. He's the master of our lives. We don't perceive it. And that's terrible. (laughs) Because God's faithfulness, if he's done it once, we need to perceive he's going to do it again. If he healed me one time and my cancer came back, he's going to heal me another time. And if it comes back a third time, I see that he's healed me twice. I perceive that he's going to do it yet a third time for me. And and maybe we should look at other faithful people who are older than us and see how God provided for them. We see that God provided for them and we perceive that he's going to provide for us as well. You see? I see and I perceive. I've been on this all week long, almost for a week and a half, saying, God, I see it and I perceive it. If you did it for them, you can do it for me as well, and you will do it for me as well. I see and I perceive. Many of us see the works of God, but we don't perceive it. We don't internalize it and say, you can do it for me too. In fact, you did it for me, so you're going to do it for me yet again. And that's such a faith builder. Because now you're not operating with what if God doesn't do it. You're, you're operating with what if God does do it? What if God does come through for me yet again? Praise the God. You know what? I think he is going to do it again. And then you start living in faith and you're not fearing anymore. You're not panicking like we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. You're living by faith because you're hoping in God. Praise God. All right, so... What does Ahaz say? Don't worry, we're almost done. Are you good? Look, two more pages and we're done. Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And that's what we do as Christians. Oh, God, it's okay. I'll, I'll just hang in there. I can, I, can, you know, I can do it. We can get through this. You know, I can last another 10 years and I'll make it to heaven. God doesn't want you just to make it to heaven. He wants you to be victorious. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to be an effective Christian. He wants other people to look at you and say, wow, that person is blessed of God. If you're constantly sick and poverty stricken and not doing anything in life, what kind of example is that to others? God wants you to be a success. Are you going to have problems and trials in your life? Of course you are. But you're going to overcome every single last one of them. And God is going to promote you and show you as an example to others so that they want to be a Christian. A lot of times we walk out there, we don't give the right vibes to people, and people don't want to be Christians because they see us. Well, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be a magnet for Jesus. I want to be a magnet for Jesus. I want people to see and say, you know what? I want what he's got. I don't always do it, but I try. (laughs) I want to be a better person, a better example. All right, but, but Ahaz says, I, I don't want to ask. I don't want to put the Lord to the test. And the reason why we do this is we don't want to put our faith out there. What if we put our faith out, ask for a sign, God doesn't do it, and our faith gets injured, and our faith shrinks, and it's so precious, it's so pitiful. Your faith is not precious and pitiful, it's powerful. Put your faith out there and let God do something mighty. Don't protect your faith, use your faith, exercise your faith. Let there be many instances of your faith per day where you put your faith out there in God. Put your faith out there in God. And God's going to reward you for that. Your faith's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. We, we also say, well, I've asked for a sign before and God didn't do it, so why should I start now? He failed me once, he'll fail me again. Well, maybe we were taking the wrong approach on the signs type of thing, and, and I want to give you an example here. If you're going down the wrong path and you keep asking God for a sign, just turn around. You don't need a sign. If you know you're on the wrong path, get off the wrong path. You don't need a sign from God to stop taking drugs. You don't need a sign from God if you're dating the wrong person. Stop dating the wrong person, all right? If, if, you know, if, if you're uh, sitting there and you could be getting a job, but you're not looking for a job, you don't need a sign from God to go look for a job. Just go do it, all right? So in disobedience or in laziness, don't be asking God for a sign. Stop being disobedient, stop being lazy, and go do what you know you need to do, all right? Oftentimes we use that. I, I remember once I was trying to start a business. I was going to start a business, and my whole thing is I was going to start a business so that I could be, uh, you know, do ministry and, and be self-supported. Thank God he had a different way of doing it. Still self supported, but I'm doing it God's way instead of my way. So, anyways, I was out there trying to start this little business, and I thought this was a real good idea. And I kept asking for God for a sign. God, give me a sign. Give me a sign. I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing this. Down deep in my heart, I knew I shouldn't be doing this. But I kept asking God for a sign. Well, finally, God just put a stop sign, hit me in the forehead. And I remember standing out in a parking lot waiting for somebody. To associate with a business to, uh, to stop by and I promise, God I said God I will never ever do this again <laughs> God, God tells you what you need to do you need to just listen to God's voice that's all the sign you need God tells you not to date somebody don't date somebody God tells you to go to work go to work All right, do what God is telling you he's putting your sign in the deepest depths sometimes we don't need to be looking for things in the highest heights all right, so James 4.3, speaking of people using signs the wrong way, he says, when you ask, you don't receive. What? You don't receive a sign because you ask for the wrong motives. You're trying to get your own way, and you're trying to get God to, uh, you know, to sponsor you on your stupidity. <laughs> God's not going to sponsor stupidity, all right? He's not going to affirm you going in the wrong direction. He's going to oppose you going in the wrong direction. He says, because you ask for the wrong motives that you may spend it on your own pleasures or on your selfish self. Don't ask God for signs to do something that's selfish. He's not going to give it to you. So my, the, the, the title of this is How to Get a Sign from God and now How Not to Get a Sign from God. If you're doing something selfish, you're not going to be getting signs from God. You're going to be getting yield signs and stop signs, but that's, that's, that's it. So why, why did God give Gideon so many signs? I mean, he had sign after sign. If you read the story of Gideon, he got all kinds of signs from God. And here's why Gideon was pursuing God's will, not his own will. Come to God every morning instead of with your list like this. See everybody with this. This is your list. Come to God with a blank sheet of paper and say, God, you, you give me my to-do list today. That's, you're going to get loads of signs from God when you live this way. Stop pursuing your own agenda and start pursuing a blank agenda that God fills in the blanks, and you just do what he tells you. You'll get signs in the highest heights and in the deepest depths multiple times a day if you live that way. And I'm telling you from experience, when I live with my agenda, I don't hear much from God. <laughs> when I live with his agenda, I get all kinds, all kinds of direction from God. All right. So, oh, man, there's a couple of cool thoughts here. <laughs> I'll just tell you this one, and then we'll, we'll finish up here. Um, in verse 13 of chapter 7, Isaiah says, Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough... To try the patience of humans. Will you try the patience of God also? Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. A virgin. That's a, in in the context of this, a virgin was a young lady. A young lady who could already be married, okay? Said a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey. When he knows enough to reject wrong and choose what's right, for before the boy knows enough to reject wrong and right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid to waste. Now, listen to me just really carefully. Prophecy is just different in the Bible. The prophet would be talking about a prophecy that's near term, and then all of a sudden would throw something about a prophecy that was in the distant, distant future. Call it a sign within a sign. Ahaz, God was giving Ahaz a sign about his immediate future, but was also giving Ahaz a sign of the distant future, and in doing so, did it for us as well. So here's what I'd like to share with you about this: is God does this all the time. When He gives you a sign, it's almost always a sign within a sign. All right, and let me explain to you what I mean. When God heals you, there's the sign of healing. But the sign in the sign is that he cares about you. He cares about you. It's a sign within the sign. God cares about you. And that's better than the healing itself. Look at this. God provides for you. Why? Because he's concerned about you. It's a sign within a sign. He desperately loves you. He desperately loves you. And that's why he provides for you. He talks to you. Why does he talk to you? Because he doesn't want you to feel alone. It's a sign within a sign. And the internal sign is better than the sign that you see. Knowing he protects you because he doesn't want anything to harm you. He doesn't want anything to harm you. Isn't that awesome? I love God's protection, but you know what I like more? Is that he really doesn't want me to be hurt. He doesn't want you to be hurt. Praise God. Look at this. He blesses you because you know why? He wants everybody in the whole wide world to know that you are his child. A sign within a sign. Isn't that awesome? Yes receive this right now for yourself as a sign in the deepest depths of your soul. (laughs) Praise God. And I'll leave you with this last one. He fills you. He fills you because he doesn't want you to be empty. He does not want you to be empty. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, oh God, Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you want to give us a sign in the highest heights. And you want to give us signs in the deepest depths of our soul, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you don't just give us token help. Lord, you give us soul help, Lord God. Lord, something that ministers healing to our emotions, Lord God, to our deepest hurts oh lord jesus oh god you come and and you spread your spirit so abundantly in our souls lord god that we're changed people lord god we're new people oh lord jesus hallelujah lord i thank you god that you've bought us you've redeemed us you purchased us lord god We're slaves in this world, Lord. We're miserable in this world. But Lord God, you reach down through our universe, Lord, into our world and reveal yourself to us, Lord. Lord, we're peons, we're ants, we're dust, we're dirt, Lord God. And yet you reach out to us and you show us that you love us, that you value us, Lord, that you haven't forgotten us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you.